What is it that's holding me up from making art? What is it that's the barrier that I'm encountering in terms of making things? And for me, it was being perceived by other people. I'm worried about what other people think. That is Ainsley Monroe, and this is Tiny Conversations. I'm Brian Colley. Ainsley is a young change maker who is currently living in Ontario, Canada. I'm a world traveler, a life enthusiast, and a constant explorer. I first met Ainsley at a weekend retreat for outdoor youth leaders called Mech Nation. A few months ago, she reached out to me asking to discuss some projects she's working on. She mentioned how she's trying to make the world a better place and coming up against some challenges. Things like barriers to getting projects off the ground and a hesitation about putting her content online. I asked if I could record while we talked. Here's that conversation. You have a passion for projects that better the communities around you, but also kind of communities that even aren't around you. When you say, let's start here, when you say change maker, what does that mean to you? For me, I think it boils down to realizing the power that you have in society, knowing that you have a voice, you have hands, you have a heart, everyone has empathy, and everyone wants the world to be a certain way. And my belief is that default, people want the world to be better for themselves and others. I'm perhaps naive, people would say, but I'm all about believing that people are good at the core. And I think that people sort of underestimate that in terms of society. So by calling myself a change maker, I'm identifying what I want to be in the world and also sort of giving people that platform to stand up and say, hey, me too. What are some opportunities you're happy that have been like available to you? And what are some opportunities where you've gone, they haven't, and I'd like to see these? I mean, privilege comes into a huge part of it. Being born Canadian, um, being born white, being born cis, being born female. Um, there's a lot of opportunities there for sure. Um Opportunities that have come to me, I've been involved with the Otesha Project, which is a a youth-led sustainability education program based out of Canada and the UK. I've done the Katimovic Program, which was um, a youth engagement program that was based around Canadian youth traveling to different communities in Canada. For me lately, I've been really interested in community co-working spaces and places where community comes together to make projects happen. So I'm looking at like coffee shops and meeting rooms and things where people are meeting organically and crossing a lot of boundary lines in society. I'm trying to work within those spaces to make things happen. Just realizing that there's a huge amount of talent, life experience, ability, um, interests, creativity, and problem-solving skills within that one space. Like if the world was about to end, I'd want to be in a coffee shop. In terms of just knowing that if we've got to come up with a problem solved, that's the place to be. I don't want to be in a room full of lawyers or a room full of government officials or a room full of, you know, just one cast of people. Because I think there's strength in diversity. If you can remember, when was like maybe the first time or one of the first times where you kind of went, I want to do something for other people and I can have some sort of an impact or you were curious about having some sort of an impact? I can remember distinctly being a really young kid in like kindergarten and having our schoolyard be covered in trash in the springtime after the snow melt and realizing that as kids, we could change our environment. So rallying a bunch of students to collect trash and 
soliciting plastic bags off of people walking by on the street outside of our schoolyard in order to collect trash and clean up the park and make it really back to our own space. I just realized that, you know, it wasn't that difficult to pick it up. We all had hands. We all could bend over. So that was something that we could totally do. And it was just a matter of getting people on board with it and saying, hey, look, the schoolyard's really dirty. Maybe we can clean it up and make things better. And once you have that catalyst of two or three people, other people want to get involved as well. What What's maybe an example of trying to move projects forward and for yourself, like some of these projects you're starting? Yeah, there's a couple that I can think of. Uh, one is owning a community space. So like a community cafe or something similar where people can just drop in, hang out, do different things um, and make it a networking community hub. Another idea that I would love to get off the ground is doing like a like a John Oliver slash Vlogbrothers slash BuzzFeed-esque YouTube series that happens once a week, just updating youth in our speaking terms on what's going on in Canadian politics. I'm wondering if you maybe have any advice for yourself, like some of these projects you're starting in ways where you're like, okay, here's how to avoid coming up against barriers. Largely, I think it's just about making sure that you have the resources that you need and doing things every single day. So not necessarily having a goal of I'm going to run a marathon, but instead saying, I'm going to go for a jog around my block every day. You're constantly working towards it. So for yourself then, um, what are some what are some like small things that you're trying to do every day? At the moment, I've just bought a sketchbook for doing daily sketches. Um, I'm constantly writing down different ideas for videos as they come up, just trying to keep the creative juices flowing. And for the news, I'm still figuring it out. Um, following the news is not something that I do on a regular basis. So keeping up with politics is mostly through five minute CBC radio news snippets. Um, but largely it's just about seeing where I can make an impact and then trying to scale it down enough that I feel like I can step forward with the project. So what's, what's maybe one thing right now that you're scared of? It's about actually being authentic in different ways. So separating things that I do on YouTube that are professional and artsy and things that I would want to show to an employer, apart from things like vlog videos and room tours and, you know, book reviews and things. So making a separate space. When I had the one space for everything, I didn't put much up at all because I was concerned about, you know, what if an employer sees this video that I made that was not terribly well done? How am I going to be judged on that video versus taking all the good stuff, putting it in one place, like an online portfolio, and then having a separate channel for the fun stuff that I still want to be doing. And my hope was that by doing that, I'll produce more for both channels. It was just about realizing what is it that's holding me up from making art? What is it that's the barrier that I'm encountering in terms of making things? And for me, it was being perceived by other people. I'm worried about what other people think, as I'm sure a lot of other artists and creatives are. But rather than letting that self-doubt limit me, I decided to use it instead. So if I'm worried about people seeing the silly stuff that I do for YouTube, then I'll send them to the professional channel. If I want them to see it and follow along with that stuff, because I think it's more what they're into, I'll send them to that channel. Do you ever think about that potential? And how do you how do you deal with that potential that there might be people who maybe you don't necessarily want seeing the silly stuff, but they still do, or vice versa, that people who maybe you want looking at the silly stuff and they're looking at the professional stuff? And how do you kind of equate that in your head? I mean, once it's online, it's pretty much in an open forum anyway. So the best I can do is just direct people to certain areas. So having the professional stuff on a business card and then just hoping that they find that first. 
and then being impressed enough with that that if they do find the silly stuff they're like oh yeah this is just her weekend self or whatnot you know but knowing that I'm capable of both things and that I'm creating in both avenues I think will be a huge help for me the biggest thing has just been cutting off my ability to do anything because I'm paralyzed to what people will think about you know professional stuff being mixed with everything else why is how how you just even being online like why is being online and presenting yourself and putting yourself out there why is that so important to you i think it's just because that's how people relate now you know a lot of people see people online like dating is pretty much all online now and it's all about personas and the five second flick of seeing someone's face deciding if they're for you or not if you're going to have true love or whatnot and then swiping left or right and that's pretty much how people how people judge people nowadays is by appearance and by who they are and less about who they are on the inside. If you see someone on the street who looks a bit sketchy, you're probably not going to approach them versus seeing like your favorite celebrity who doesn't know you at all. So it's just a little bit different in terms of how you present yourself, but how, how you are seen by other people in some way in our society calculates your self-worth, which is totally screwed up, totally messed up. But that's just the way the society works at the moment. Are is there any way you're trying to combat that? Like that how that part of society, just even in small ways through your own actions? <laughs> I try to avoid people some days. Some days are just not people days. And I have to just sort of cloister away and do my work and artwork in the studio and not speak to anyone. And also just being aware that the people who are right for you in your life at that time are the ones who are there. Since recording that conversation, Ainsley has started working with the David Suzuki Foundation in Toronto, amongst other things. If you want to learn more about her work, you can find her on YouTube and Twitter at Speaking Spark. I'll put those links on the show's website, tinyconversations.com. While there, you can listen to my and Ainsley's full conversation. It's just under a half hour long, and we talk a lot more about her work, barriers to starting projects, online personas, and more. If you like this episode, then I highly recommend subscribing to this podcast. You can find Tiny Conversations on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. And if you're already subscribing, thank you. Um, If I can ask one more thing, it's that I would really love it if you left me a review wherever you listen. Okay, that's it for me. I'm Brian Colley, and I'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Tiny Conversations. Thanks so much for listening.